Welcome to Man Enough. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. And I'm Jamie Heath. And I'm very excited. Are you? About our guest today. Mm, why? Um, he is a personal friend of mine. Mm. We worked together for five years mm-hmm. on a little show called Jane the Virgin, mm-hmm. which I know your wife is a big fan of. She is indeed. And uh, it's Jaime Camille. Mm. How does he do it? Oh yeah, that's good. What are you excited about today with I Jaime Camille? I'm excited to get to know him, know him. Like he's very entertaining, obviously, and very mm-hmm. talented, but I don't know like how deep he's willing to go on Mm-hmm. How deep he's willing to go, and you mean you know we like to go deep. So I'm I'm excited to get to know him. Yes, he has such a persona. Yes. Yeah. He's got such a thing that is yeah. so wonderful and beautiful and like captivating. Yeah, yeah. But we do. Well, I want to know like beneath that, what's yeah. underneath all that beauty? I can't wait. Mm. I'm excited. We, uh, Jaime and I personally haven't gone crazy deep, so mm. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, here we go. We'll be right back with Jaime Camille. This is Man Enough. Hello and welcome to Man Enough. Oh, Jaime Camille. Justin Baldoni. Oh my goodness. How much, have, how much do I love you? Already? How much do I, I love it. you? I, not as much as I love you. I love you more. Five years we spent together. Five years Five we years. spent together. Five. Yeah. And we haven't seen each other in two years. Mm. In two years, that's crazy. Well, we, have, we, well, we in had, person. In person. What happened? Oh, yes. A pandemic. Yes. A pandemic. Uh, <laughs> life. 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 You went ahead and directed, I don't know, th- two, three very successful movies. Mm-hmm. That's not physically You possible. wrote a book. I did. Successful book. Mm-hmm. For anybody who uh, is listening who doesn't know, Jaime and it's I crazy. spent yeah, f- crazy. five years on Jane the Virgin together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jaime played the beloved character of Rogelio. But I think that we should have Liz read your full bio while, oh. you, while you mess with the microphone. Yes. Just, okay, cool. Jaime Camille, you're Oof. an actor. You're a director. You're a producer. You're a singer. Oh, and a TV personality. You're a shining star in your native Mexico and across the globe. Mm. Oh, thank you. We know you as Fernando Mendi. Hola, in La Fea Mas Bella. Yes. And Rogelio de la Vega. Rogelio. 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 See, I'm already. She mispronounced my name. I've, I, um, it's a sore spot failed. for his character. I, I saw this this uh, yeah. list and I was like, I'm going to screw up uh, half of this. Uh, so I'm very sorry. Wait, ask him how he would say Rogelio. De Rogelio? Rogelio de la Vega. Oh, that's, I can never. <laughs> I can't even try. Uh, but that is um, your in, in, incredible yes. character that you play. Thank you. Uh, and you also lent your voice to several incredible animated movies like Coco, The Secret Lights, Life of Pets, Elena of Avalor. You're also on another name i'm gonna screw up <laughs> schmigadoon that was great that was amazing yes on apple plus apple tv plus um, yeah. and you're also starring in chicago he nice. started he started in the musical you chicago, in on chicago? i did i did i just love my chicago family it's they're beautiful and i'm so happy for them That's great. can we get to something really important because your name is Jaime. <laughs> yes well which, which jamie and i we happen to have the best name in the world <laughs> we do but you spell yours incorrectly <laughs> no it's actually the correct <laughs> no 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 no, no. It's, it's it is it is because it, no, that's fine no no i spell my name j-a-m-e-y that's just funky no no that's, that's act- not correct that's or the, incorrect that's just crazy that's actually the correct way <laughs> all right but see i was called jaime growing up as well because uh-huh. i lived in uh, a town called san fernando which is in the valley but the actual town san fernando which is like at that time we refer yeah. to it as little mexico because 90 percent is mexican so that was well, like my yeah. upbringing well so i was called jaime and I was told that my spelling is the correct way. No, they're, they're well, clearly, no. Well, first, first of all, let's just back, you know, it used to be Mexico, historically, right? So yeah. so you're, you're good. And no, <laughs> no, it's actually J-A-I-M-E, that's the right spelling. I uh-huh. have to say that the people you were living, maybe, not, I don't know, they, they, they didn't finish primary school, perhaps, but um, <laughs> but no, it's J-A-I. J-A-I. All right. All right. I feel like there was some patriarchal competition here mm. going on. I don't, With know our we, names? I don't know if we need to address this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we're here. That's that, why we're here. Exactly yes. why we're here. So, Jaime, and, and thanks um, for being here. Before we, pleasure, before right? I, before I ask you this first question, <laughs> yes, I just want to set the table. Yes, uh, because I'm assuming you've never watched an episode of Man Enough. Of course I will. <laughs> of course I have. Are you crazy? I follow your so, career. I'm a big fan. I not only love you, but I follow your I career. I love you so much. Peter and I text you the other Did way. A, a friend of mine was crazy. Is is Justin going to direct this movie? And I'm like, apparently, yes, he is. So I texted him, and he's like, yes, I'm I'm, I'm receiving the first draft. <laughs> so yes, of the scripts. Yeah. So as you know, uh-huh. we go deep and vulnerable here. Yes. 
Yes. So I just want to prepare you. As we did on Jane every single day. Every single day. <laughs> exactly. So you ready for the first question? A hundred percent. Yes. When was the last time you didn't feel enough? I, a, uh, well, with kids, you know, lately, every day. No, um, <laughs> like. You're not uh, the first person to say every day. No, every day, every day. To be honest, every single day, especially when you're a parent, as you know, when you have kids. Yeah. I try to to stay, uh, my dad was a wonderful man, super, super cool guy, but he was very, he had this old, old school Latino kind of way of raising kids. Mm. Right. What is that like? What yeah, is, what, what does what that do you mean? mean? Well, getting beat up every single day. <laughs> oh, every shit, once really? oh, yeah, heavy, heavy, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So of course you try to stay, you either you either uh, replicate those behaviors or stay super away from them, right? Yeah. So of course, thank God I stay super <laughs> away from them. And, um, and so every time you you think that you did a bad decision, um, not physically, of course, not aggressively, but in a way that like, like I don't know, let's say, um, you can't have this story right now because you have to earn, you know, escape. We need three hours. Um, you know, you need to earn things because you also want to teach them the value of, yeah, of, 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 of many, many things, the value of life, the value of being a, a, the right human. Yeah. Um, and then you always, you're always second guessing if you did the right choice, yeah. you know, all the time. It's very healthy. You ever feel like you have your so as a parent, you're saying, he asked, yeah. when's the last time you didn't feel enough? You're saying some, as a parent. As a parent, you feel yeah. that very often you feel not, not good enough, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. yeah I think mm -hmm. that's also it's a it's a healthy. I mean, it's a tricky feeling, right? Because uh, you also need to be aware of who you are. Not feeling enough doesn't mean that you have to diminish your personality or or your or your um, value. Your value mm. in in español mm. se dice tu seguridad. Your, it's not security. It's not the right uh, translation. But your your value and and what you can bring to the table and mm. and you know what you're good at, basically, right? Yeah. But it's very healthy to feel vulnerable because that makes you a better human. I think. Yeah. Mm. Right. Because otherwise you would have this um, mm -hmm. always this like shield of your of you like no I'm armored and yeah. and I I don't I don't roll that way. Yeah. Uh, mm, good. Well, yeah. this is the right place to be because we I don't, we it, don't want any of that. I armor. know exactly. Mm. Exactly. Good, good. Yeah. And you just, you know, you mentioned like physical abuse. Right. I got, yeah. I got, I got, yeah, I got slapped quite, quite a bit. Have you ever had that conversation with your parents or with, with anyone oh, in a more? Yes and no. My dad passed in December. Yeah. I'm and so I was sorry, really, man. thank you, man. And I was really, I was really, I was good. <laughs> you know the classic. I was good, but then I watch onward. And I cry for three months. I don't know. Is that healthy? Onward. No. Mm, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like uh, I think I feel. I think we. I made peace with my dad. We talked mm -hmm. about things, and we talked about uh, his way of bringing up kid, mm. me, not kids, me, <laughs> because I was like his experiment. I was a first child, you know, firstborn, whatever. Yeah. So it was like a. And he's from a place in Mexico called Torreon, which is the north of the of the country. And in the north of the country, they're very macho, very macho. They don't cry there. Mm. We fix our issues, be facing them. Yeah. yeah keep going. Mm. Oh, yeah, but you might have a mental mental health. That doesn't exist in Torreon. Ah, no, 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 not at all. So I, I believe it was like, a, I was like his experiment. Wow. He got better eventually, but he was really bad at, mm. the, at the beginning. Yeah. Things, you know, that kids kids do, as you know, and, and for some reason, which makes me, th which made me think also how, difficult he had it yeah i'm sure that my grandpa was a like the like satan mm. <laughs> he was he was really mean to my dad i think yeah mm -hmm. did your dad ever talk to you about it never did mm. you ever ask him about it no you your your podcast came to the world a little late <laughs> in life justin baldoni <laughs> little late <laughs> although i don't know how my dad would have uh, behaved in the podcast <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but uh but yeah no we 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 kind of talked about it and and in a in a way he like acknowledged it but in his way right yeah yeah hmm. you also need to understand how people you know when you talk to someone that needs to apologize not many people are like yes yeah. i'm aware of this i yeah. apologize right so in their own way you kind of feel and, and understand that okay here 
Yes, he apologized. I think yeah. he apologized. Yeah. I think Did he apologized. That was an apology, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and the reason he couldn't hold space for your pain is because he probably didn't hold space for his pain. A hundred percent. You know? I think so. That I talked to my brother about that. We we yeah. came to that conclusion that uh that we think that my dad was really, really abused when mm-hmm. he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're listening to the Man Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Man Enough Podcast. What I love about you. Is you first of all our name? Our name that is number one. <laughs> yes. Um, you're also this really good-looking guy. Oh, thank you, man. This is always the, my case. So, you know, we got Justin here, and we yeah. got you, and we got Liz, and then I'm always over here on the corner, like, look at these people. Oh, you know? stop! So yeah. You just, yeah. you just wake you, up. Yeah. You just we, wake up looking like it. this. <laughs> but what, you all know, what? like all like Beyonce, we don't wake up looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me ask you something, um, because my experience, um, I hear this when you talk about the Latin culture and how men are. Yeah. My experience growing up as my first 10 years, as I said, was literally infused with Mexican culture. Like the connection of family, the value of family. Yeah. I saw men show up for their kids always there. Other men and other families were not there, but always Mexican men were there. Yeah. Well, I think Uh, you're, you're mixing two concepts. Okay. I think one concept is, yes, it's a very family orientated um, uh, culture. Yeah. Like very like in Mueganos, we say there's there's this Mexican candy that is like like melted sugar and all the things are like like that, right? So it's it's like Mueganos. The Mexican mm-hmm. Latino families are very connected and close to each other. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that there's a a a, a, a huge um, m- misogyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Perfect. Uh, in, thank you. <laughs> misogyny in the culture, mm. and and it is unfortunately a culture where women are looked. Yeah, look down. Down, and and they're not valued, and it's. But that's uh, all cultures. It, yeah. yeah. The reason why I ask this is because I think there's a a myth, um, about Mexican men, about black men, about men of color, um, that we start believing ourselves as well. Mm. Uh, I don't think this issue with masculinity is more with the Mexican culture than it is with the white culture. A hundred percent. But we we show men out in the world and we display black men as they are certain type. Mm. And that's what everyone then st- perpetuates and starts saying. Mm. I also think this idea of Mexican men. And and my whole point of this is like, I didn't see Mexican men any different than I saw white men. I, uh-huh, 100%. White men were doing the same thing exactly. But, yeah. but what oftentimes happens is that you, because of your name and your accent and your skin color and all this, <laughs> it's like, oh, he must be this guy. And he like, does, yeah, and, and if you turn on your television and TV, that's yeah, what you also that's see. What you see. Yeah. you see white men doing all kinds of different things and being all kinds of different right. people. And yeah. you see, you know, and, and you've spoken about, about this, right? The, mm. the, the, the sort of only two options if you're a Latino character on television yeah, or right. film. Exactly. So I just wanted to spell that. No, but I agree. Yeah, I agree with you, Jamie, 100%. You're right. I think that maybe one of the differences is that from what I've seen, like American, white American men, they don't show love to their kids. Mm. I have seen that. Like they don't kiss them. They don't hug them as as we Latinos do with our kids. Or each other. Or each other. Exactly. I was... I don't, I don't know. I was in Lake Tahoe or something, and, and I was helping my daughter ski, and, and there was this uh, white guy showing his kid how to parallel climb up the mountain for him. And the kid was tired. Like, the kid was tired, started um, – he was probably 12. I mean, you know, it's impossible with a helmet and the goggles or something, but maybe because of the size, <laughs> I would say 12, 13 years old. And the guy was like, and the kid was crying, was really feeling bad. And I think he was tired or he was fed up with this nonsense. And the dad went like, man up, be a man. Are you a sissy? What are you, a girl? Mm. Uh, Suck it up. You, you, this is. In public? Gosh. What, public? Me? I was uh, like, I don't know, six feet away from the guy. I'm like, dude, uh, I'm so sorry, man. I don't mean to. to Did you say something? Yeah, of course. Yes, tell me. I'm sorry to, I don't mean to tell you how to parent or anything, but could you, I'm with my daughter here. This is not the best example. I don't know. It's just what did like, he say? He kind of like went quiet and like told the kid to like, okay, come here, come here, follow me. So get like, let's get farther away so I can scream at you. So I can abuse yeah. you. With more, com- yeah, more comfortably or something. I don't oh, know. Oh God. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. So yeah, wow. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you actively <clears throat> choose to be different? Yeah. Then, so um, first, I wanted to spell that that Mexican men are not any worse than any other men. Um, first, we all yeah. have our challenges. We yeah. all have our challenges. Uh-huh. Um, um, in fact, um, honestly, growing up, my favorite men, as I said, were Mexican men. Yeah. 
Um, so I have a lot of love for when, Thanks. especially when I hear your accent, I just want to kiss you. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it also, but, it, it also will be naive not to acknowledge but that that's, that's the other thing. So then yes, of course there is toxic stuff in all of us. So what specifically in your life mm. and in your experiences, do you have to work hard at to be different that you don't fall into that same category? Oh, I think uh, I need to be more tolerant. I believe I need to, to relax, like because of my relationship with my dad, um, it was, I was always trying to please him in order not to get in trouble, mm. but in a very, uh, in a very sick kind of way, right? Like, because I got in trouble for not knowing what I did wrong. You know, oh. maybe it was his frustration. Maybe he was going through a difficult time in business or something. And all of a sudden I put a, a, a tape. We used to have, you know, Betamax and yeah. VHS, oh, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, you youngsters, you don't know what that is. Mm. I'll explain to you later. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's like, a, it's incredible. So I, I put the tape and let's say that the the the, rec the, the recorder, the VCR or something like, remember this used to happen that the tape yeah, got gets, into the thing. So you had to open it. And, and Exactly. Yeah. If that happened, it was because of my fault, because oh, I did something wrong. I mean. uh, yeah, it was <laughs> pretty bad. And, um, and what would happen? It would happen that he would go crazy, like, carajo, que hiciste? What did mm. you do? And I'm like, I don't even know what I did. And, and it was like, mm. one time I remember running away, like I'm gonna get in trouble. So I was running up the stairs away and he grabbed the actual tape and threw it to me. Like, oh. what's the name of our amazing uh, pitcher? The Dodgers pitcher, the Mexican guy? Oh. Who throws incredible? Damn it. Wrong room. Well, <laughs> no, not we, the wrong room. I don't know. Yeah. Right room. <laughs> well, he, let's say he was a baby compared to my father. No, no, he wow. the, the, and I just barely missed the thing. Like I was going up the stairs, running, what, for, what, my, like, running for my life. Oh my God. Like, like, mm. like literally running for my life. And the tape hit the bottom part of the, of the step. Oh, no, no, heavy. Jesus. Heavy. Yes. It's like in Die Hard or something. Yes, yeah, heavy. <laughs> See, exactly. Mm. So of course, I now I get to understand this a little more. I develop that kind of thing that if if things are not well, if things are not um, well taken care of, mm -hmm. if, you, if no one cleans after the dog or whatever, um, there's going to be trouble. It's almost like your world is collapsing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, and, and I went to a very very. His name is Peter. He's like a shaman in Santa Monica. I love him so much. He works with breathing and whatever, and he was like, dude. Don't worry if like if if things are not clean or or picked up or whatever, nothing's gonna happen. No yeah. one's gonna die, especially you. Mm. <laughs> like you won't but die. It, wow. And that made me realize a lot of things. Uh, have you ever have you ever talked about this publicly? No, I think it's the first time. Wow. Yeah. Because just mm. knowing you and mm. being so close to you for so long, yeah. I can see how there. I remember there were certain moments of us working together when. Um, I won't say any names, when uh, we had certain directors in and it was a big challenge for you. You were so frustrated by the chaos, yeah. by the disorganization. Exactly. Mm. Um, whereas I didn't have that same response at all. So I was always like, I wonder why this is such a big test for Jaime. And, mm -hmm. and I can see now yeah, yeah. little you know, seven, eight-year-old Jaime yeah. in that situation. It's like, no, this person not coming prepared or this person being mm -hmm. unorganized for you is life or death. Yeah, exactly, because he was, I mean, not, not life or death, but he was, Yeah, he was, yeah. Well, we don't yeah. ever, it's so so interesting. Like, I, I just wish that we, as humans, would take that extra little mm -hmm. bit of space sometimes to wonder like, well, why? Yeah. Like, mm. You know, because yes. we can so often write people off or like if somebody's having a bad day mm -hmm. or a reaction, but you don't always go into like, like what was the story behind that? Right. And now it's like, I have right. so much extra compassion for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But I, but, but no, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You had a, tra that's a traumatic childhood, bro. Yes, 100%. Now, what you said, it's super important. What you said about putting, and it's pretty much putting ourselves in other people's shoes, basically, yeah. which is when we get cut off in the street, when we, when somebody flips a finger or when somebody is, you know, whatever, our immediate reaction, and I think the world will be a much better place because the immediate reaction is like, I want to, I want to get even. Like road rage, right? Yeah. What's it wrong? What's eye wrong? for an eye. What's wrong with mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. And you go and you and and if you take a millisecond, mm -hmm. a millisecond, to think, mm -hmm. maybe a family passed. Yeah. Maybe a family member passed. Maybe he lost his job or her job. I'm not saying there are not assholes out there. There are, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But the majority of assholes have like a story behind that assholeness. Yeah. I think, yeah. Right. Right. And maybe 
Oh, there's not. But uh, the majority, <laughs> let's say that the majority of people. I agree. Yeah, exactly. Have you gone to therapy about this? No, actually, no. And I think I'm going to go. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> just me like, yeah. We all, well, listen, now. we're <laughs> all, the three of us are huge I proponents mean. of therapy. Yes, me too. I want to go. Now, I have a little problem that I have with therapy is this. Hmm. You have to write, you have to find the right therapist for you. Yes, Because that's then true. you have these therapists. You're like, okay, we're going to see each other. And... I will tell you how we're doing in three years. Like, what? No, I don't have three years. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, I'm sorry. I understand. This is a process. But can we, let, like, say, commit to 10 sessions mm -hmm. and see where we're at at the 10th mm -hmm. session? Maybe yeah. we need 10 more. Maybe we need three years more. Maybe yeah. we're done. I mean, I don't know. I've, never, just, I, uh, I've never had a therapist say that to me. But I, but I have heard of people having terrible experiences with therapy. I know mm -hmm. I, when I've looked for therapists, I've gone to a few, you do like an introductory session. Justin, a ver, what is your therapy about? How can you be a, a more lovely human being? Is that your problem? Mm. Well, I mean, why do you go for therapy? That's a, that's a great question, mm. Jay. That's, yeah. that's a great question. You are amazing, you are lovely. What is like, hi, how are you? So, hi, well, this is, is this is a really important conversation. I think that this is yeah. the this is a, I mean, you a don't myth have to, I think we have to deconstruct. No, you I'm, don't have to I'm here, no, <laughs> listen. I, look, please, my book was 300 pages of me pouring my guts out of therapy. <laughs> okay, cool. But, yeah. But this idea, right? Like, what do you have to go to therapy about? Like, even your question, which is a joke, is also something that we think about. Like, oh, this person's put together. Yeah. They're emotional. They're vulnerable. They're in touch with their emotions. What do they need therapy for? And all of us, I believe all of us have had traumatic experiences yeah. that have happened to us um, that we have to look at and reconstruct for ourselves. Yeah. And for me... It's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, my parents were amazing, but they also fucked up a lot. Yeah, of course. I have a lot of trauma from my childhood. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, I have, I have an issue with um, the relationship between my head and my heart. As an example, um, I believe all of us young boys, doesn't mm -hmm. matter what culture we grew up in, were encouraged to not feel. Mm -hmm. no, 100%. You're not allowed to feel. For me, that was life or death. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even, if, if it wasn't from my parents, it was from other boys. It was from other men. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. This idea that we have to be a certain way in order to be accepted, to be mm -hmm. man enough, to be liked. And I, my entire life, had no idea what I was actually feeling. And if I was feeling very emotional, if I was feeling sensitive, I stuffed it back in. Yeah. And for me, that manifested in a complete disconnect between my head and my body. Mm. Um, I will rationalize my way out of everything. I'm a smart person. So I can tell you how I think I'm feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it probably comes from this, and I went through this, and I had trauma here and this. But if you actually ask me to go into the feeling, it's like a foreign language. I'm paralyzed. Mm. And what I'm learning is that I have a lot of anger. I have a lot of rage that I was never allowed to feel. I was never allowed to to express because that would make me unlovable. Maybe rage and other feelings. Well, maybe that not only rage, rage, but that rage really is just me covering up sadness. And the deeper I go into the rage and the anger, the more I realize that I have so many tears that I never allowed myself to cry. Ah. And so for me, sure, I might be on this journey and appear like in touch with my emotions and things, but the deeper I go, the more I realize I have had traumatic experiences, yeah. sexual experiences, sexual uh, abuse, if you will, even not from my family, but from girlfriends. Hmm. I've been through a lot. But we don't talk about it often. Yeah, of course. So I just think that's important like to kind of demystify and say, hey, <clears throat> just because someone appears to not be broken yeah. um, or in need of therapy, all of us are. And in fact, I believe therapy should be almost like stretching before a workout. Yeah. Therapy is preventative also because hmm. the more we know ourselves, the better we can be to each other. Hmm. I don't know if it's Sigmund Freud. I don't know who, who is it that said, said something like our childhood is the blueprint of our childhood is the blueprint of, of who we are as, as grownups. Yeah, that's, that's, it's just yeah. a blueprint. You just go back. It's the building block. It's the building block. Yeah. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. Yeah. So even the way that you talk about therapy, I find it really, um, it, it really resonates with a lot of the, the stories that I hear from men where therapy is seen as this thing that like I'm going to be stuck in mm -hmm. and that if we presented it more as like coaching exactly. <laughs> with packs, right? Like five, you'll get five sessions on this thing, right? In yeah. the way that you would get five like sessions a with a personal session with your trainer. trainer. Mm -hmm. um, that I love it that. would be right yeah. more appealing to you because you know yeah. that there's an end, right? It's not this thing that I'm going to do forever. I, I don't want it to end per se. I well, just don't right. want to go into this twilight right. zone. Right. Certain, and in Mexico, that happened a lot. Maybe I went, I went to two therapists in Mexico. Maybe mm -hmm. they were, no, not maybe. They were really bad, actually. Mm -hmm. but, 
And it was one of those things that, you know, they, uh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. And it's like, it was clear to me that this person was trying to milk me from Got my it. money. And, and you like, can tell. I don't know where we're going to come You can step like, that oh, out. Yeah, yeah. And, but I wanted to ask you because yes. you mentioned mm. you, you're not in therapy, but you have this breath work uh shaman coach uh and and I was talking to this uh this breath co this this breath work coach who works a lot with men mm -hmm. and or not on purpose but he says a lot of men come and work with me and I think that's so interesting I think breath work is incredible I know you've done yeah. a lot of it and I've discovered it actually through this person um and and I think it's uh, incredible but I find that it might be like a more, I'm just curious if it's more appealing, do you think, for, for men to do breathwork versus therapy? And and even in the way that I, I sort of was like, do you talk differently to men as you would do groups of women? Yeah. And he, we'd just done an exercise on uh, intuition, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing, it, connecting with your heart, right? Connecting mm -hmm. with, with what you know to be true and that you've disconnected because of trauma. And he says, when I'm with groups of men, I don't say intuition, I say instinct. Oh. Like he will purposely sort of use other words that are less uh, or not less threatening but that men will relate Resonate to more. basically yeah. the version yeah. of why i don't say toxic masculinity yeah, yeah it's exactly the same thing. yeah so yeah. so i'm just curious like yeah what drew you to breath work but not necessarily I, to therapy i don't know uh, my brother told me you have to this guy's amazing peter peter australian is he australian <laughs> or and he was in the australian swim team like gold medals <laughs> he's wow. amazing he's amazing and uh and i went and i talked to him and i loved it it was an hour okay. and it was you know he i think he's also like reiki kind of thing because the way he he it is it was insane man it was insane did you kind of like, have a high afterwards no 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 I, I had a high of happiness and love and everything was perfect in life and <laughs> and i got a, a like an out-of-body experience yeah yes. i had that too yeah, yeah. it is insane yeah. so it's, it was holotropic breath. and i didn't have to lick the toad you know have you heard of <laughs> licking yeah. the oh, yeah. yeah no it was all with breathings <laughs> and this mm -hmm. and whatever and then and then i went out of my body and then I came back and I'm like, how long? I, I've been here for five hours, clearly. And it <laughs> yeah. was like, I don't know, 12 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm. I I will go with him every single and day. And do you think you're mm. more comfortable with it because it's physical like no, work instead of maybe I, I don't have pre preconceptions. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care yeah. if it's a, 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 a woman or a man. I, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm open to whoever is talented enough to mm -hmm. do that and, mm -hmm. and make you feel amazing. I'm, I'm up for that. Mm. But you did say something which I think is interesting. That when I think you had asked, are you doing the therapy? And you had said, yeah, I'm for it. I'm actually thinking about going. But I'm concerned about this. I also have an issue with or so one of the first things you led with uh -huh. was some of the stuff that we're afraid of. Why? We don't want it to last for three years. We don't want it this. It's not. So in my life, I messed up a bunch, um, destroyed a lot of hearts, blah, blah, blah. Um, needed to um, admit that I needed some help. Mm -hmm. Um, I needed to start attending some 12-step programs mm -hmm. for my addiction. Um, but I was really against it because of all the reasons, like why it won't work, mm. all the stuff I was afraid of. So I went the first time, first two or three times, and I was like, ah, this is not for me. I'm out. Because mm. I was looking it through the lens of all the stuff, why it was bad and yeah. what I didn't like about it. Or maybe like, why eh. you didn't want to do it. All that stuff. Honestly, yeah. So then I took another year, st still had some destruction. Then I finally went back with the idea of like, all right, let me not go into it with the idea of why it won't work. Let me go into it with, and try to identify with one thing that could be helpful, just uh -huh. one. All right. As soon as I went there with like optimism and with a, an idea of abundance versus yeah. fear, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I, f I found something. And all those other things now I didn't care about. Yeah, mm -hmm. there was a problem here. Yeah, there was something here. I didn't really agree with this or this, but it didn't matter because what I was getting at it was super transform uh, transformable, transformational. Transformational, transformational for me. Transformable? Is that hey, a word? Hey, doesn't matter. I'm from, I'm from Mexico. Don't ask me. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I think anyways, in terms of therapy, we should look at it and shift our thinking a lot for men also that uh -huh. rather than identifying the things that are wrong with it, maybe finding one thing that mm. could be helpful. About you know, that's it. right. And not for you necessarily, but for, for all yeah. of us. No, but you're right. Maybe if you go with a, okay, I need to fix, I need to address this, I would like to address this feeling, specifically this feeling that I have and why yeah. I think that the world's gonna come to an end if yeah, I yeah. whatever, that's what I'm gonna, so, so right. maybe if you arrive with that goal, that's right. it's better. Then it's better. You approach it better. So now, then, I'm totally up for it. 
I just had, I just had I just had a, I had a terrible experience in Mexico with this person that mm. clearly clearly wanted me I to re- stay there as long as she could to to charge me money. But I'm I like, recognize that experience because I went to therapy 15 years ago for the first time and I had a terrible experience and yeah. it took me 10 years to go back. Mm. And and I for for years I said the same thing. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I just kept kind of pushing it away and that masculine thing was like, yeah, 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 I know I need that, yeah, yeah. but I'm too busy. I would even say the terrible experiences are still good experiences. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. the bad, because what we're yeah. taught to do is to not talk about anything that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So even if we're in a bad experience, but we are at least processing something. Yeah. We are at least just like, no one's looking, my arm is down, I'm not posturing anymore. Cause you know, we're all posturing even on these cameras right now. We still got our good looks on and our hair and our nice shirts and all this stuff. Well, that's always... because Justin told me to, to our camera already. That's good, 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 right, right. <laughs> but we're always doing that. But when we're in some sort of thing, even if it's the wrong person, at least we're coming with like, the idea is to like talk about something that we yeah. never did with anybody. So yeah. even those bad experiences are still, I think a step for it. I have a question for you aside from this. Yeah. So you say that um, your wife is just lovely and how much you love her and you, yeah. know, and you give so much credit. She is, Heidi's the best. Um, so we know that, mm-hmm. right? You're a good husband, good father, all these things. Let's say we were having a conversation with her and we said, hey, tell us something that Jaime could do better. Mm-hmm. If you felt safe to share it. Yeah. Um, what do you think she would say? Oh, we know we're going through a thing right now. We have, we've been together for many, many years. What is it, 14 now, uh, 15? I don't know, for many years. And uh, and we've been having some challenges communicating in certain issues. So I'm like, you, we, should, we should have someone help us work through these challenges we have, yeah. these, these um, subjects. And so we are working with someone that we adore you know, we we all know our challenges deep inside. We might want to not, uh, you know, face them or address them or pretend they're not there. But we. Oh yeah. So know. tell us one that you're I'm, comfortable sharing. No, I can tell you everything. I'm just trying to. Re- <laughs> I'm just trying to remember to remember exactly. And the, not about her. I mean about you. Yeah, but me, of course. The challenge that I have is that I don't connect with her as strongly or as much as she would like. Mm. That sometimes, for example, we're having a conversation, and I. Um, get drawn into work or I have to do the emails or whatever. And I'm like, sure, sure. And I am and I am listening to her, but I'm not paying attention, mm. honestly. Yeah. And that's a, that's a horrible disconnect between her and I, and I'm working on that. So we Guilty. have to- Been there too, yeah. brother. I've been there too. And it's very easy. You have to do, very easy. It's, um, you can work out processes. Like for example, okay, let's work with commitments. What are the commitments? No devices from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah, where we only have conversations, mm. as superficial as they might seem to me or or to her or whatever, we're just going to have conversations and we're going to connect. Day night, once a week. Yeah, yes or yes. Um, <laughs> you know things like that, and you really have to commit to that yeah. list. You really have to commit to that list. And believe it or not, those uh, those tools help you reconnect. Yes. And were you always open when she brought those things up, or were you defensive? Hundred percent open, of course. A hundred percent open. That's rare. Yeah, I know. I know. So you wouldn't be defensive. It's rare because she'd be like, "I've got a problem with this. I need this. You're not present in this way. Whatever it is, never. You would would fully show up, or you you wouldn't be defensive in it. A hundred percent. Never. So you'd admit it. You'd say, "Yes, I have a problem." Of course. Of course. A hundred percent. So that means there's a part of you that also understands you don't like this part of you too. A hundred, of course, mm. but I hate it. But it's like a, but it's an addiction in some ways, right? This it's, connection it's, to work. It's an, it's an addiction. It's also. Um, Repetition, it's also a costumbre. I don't know how to say costumbre in, in English, but it's the, like the everyday kind of thing that it, yeah. it becomes- like Accustomed, yeah, you become yeah. accustomed to it. No, exactly. Yeah. exactly. We've had, I've had similar, very similar conversations with Emily and we, we've been going to therapy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I learned is my, my inability at times to put my phone away. Yeah. Um, my inability to stay connected to other things was creating disconnect Mm -hmm. in my own marriage. And the deeper I went, the more I realized that really that was just another one of my addictions manifesting. You know, I've had this feeling that like, you know, I can be addicted to anything. You know, I I grew up and I had an addiction to porn. I was introduced to porn at 10 years old, Mm. formed these neural pathways in my brain. And it caused me to see the world very differently. And I would run to it when I was experiencing trauma in my life. But then that goes away for a little while and another one pops up. Mm. And for me, it feels like whack-a-mole sometimes where it's like, oh, well, social media, that can become an addiction. It's the same dopamine head. Work, well, yeah. that can become an addiction. Staying connected to email, 
work addiction is a huge thing that we never talk about with men. Never. But it is. It and is. where does it come from? It comes from this fear. And everyone has, every man I think has a different fear, but my need to be connected to something else other than the person who's right in front of me comes from a part of me that is running from something, a part of me that is running from feelings that might be just too big to hold. Mm. And really the only way I've been able to get into those feelings and to start to heal that is in therapy. When I go back to the kid, to the needs that weren't met, to whatever experiences I had that made me kind of uh, have this trauma response that really is my career, mm. right? Because my urge for success, my drive, <clears throat> is really just a tr trauma response to be loved and to be valued. So that phone, that little thing, that little connection really is my desire to be loved that's not being met. And the irony is that at times it can create a disconnection with the one person who loves me more than anything. Yes, yes, yes. You know, now that you said that, you know what happened to me? Hmm. My dad, my dad went crazy when he met a celebrity. Crazy, uh... crazy exciting. Crazy excited, like like he was very generous. He was he had a lot of money, so it was like like uh, he met all of these great like Kevin Costner and Oprah Winfrey and Quincy Jones and all of these like great great uh, uh, celebrities that that uh, he opened his heart and his generosity and and everything to them. Mm. Complete strangers, <laughs> complete strangers. So maybe I think that part of the not drive, maybe not maybe the what you're right not maybe it's not maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the reason, mm -hmm. not maybe, the reason I'm so good at what I do. No, <laughs> the reason that the reason that I went into this business yeah. was maybe to seek for his validation. Hundred percent. Like, baby. oh, really? Oh, you were crazy with this uh, with these people that are completely, um, uh. Uh, strangers to you. Completely strangers. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, use my plane, stay in my house. What do you yeah. want? It's like, what? Mm -hmm. How about like, shh, what have, just happened? We have a family here. Jaime, what just happened is in therapy what we call a breakthrough. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. It's a massive, massive thing. Yeah. Because when I realized that, that for me, it made me look at everything differently. Yeah. It's like the it's like the matrix. Yeah. Because you you know then you start to look like did, let me ask you then they start to thank him yeah, then you start to thank him a little bit i'm like okay he was really fucked up in many many yeah. aspects but without him knowing he gave me this drive for me to pursue my dreams and, and my career now you can be in control of that drive hmm. right and that's the thing without without the awareness of the therapy there's never enough you'll never be satiated you'll there, there there's no amount of fame or money or press or social media followers that will ever fill you mm -hmm. because what you're trying to have filled is your love for your father from your father so now that you can start to go in there you'll be like wait a second do i need that exactly exactly, what is exactly. yeah you're listening to the mad enough podcast we'll be right back all right welcome back to the mad enough podcast did your father treat you differently when you became famous in mexico yeah Mm. And did that make, maybe that just, oh, I got his love and then you want more? No, actually I, I was, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I was good. I think I was, it got to a point where he, he was larger than life. Like he yeah. was, you know, in Mexico, he was like, like Mr. Camille, no, like, like he was very, very influential yeah. and a yeah. very successful businessman and very, very rich. And it was like crazy. But I think that. I don't know, maybe I felt some satisfaction when I was no longer his son, when you were, he, yes. he was the dad of, <laughs> Yes, you know? Um, but I don't think, I get what you're saying about, I, I think also with age and with your family and, and the accomplishments you, you've had in your career, yes, you know how we are, we actors, yes, we always strive for more and we want the other project and the other, but I'm also, I'm also good. Yeah, good. I'm also, I've also made peace with that. Like you cannot do every single project. You're not, you cannot have the same, let's say social media followers as this actor or as this actress. And it's, and I'm totally fine with that. Great. I'm totally fine. I don't have a problem with it. Hmm. I love that you were willing to go there and to have that realization. I think that there's so much healing yeah. to take place there. Oh, no, I am, I am going. I am, I'm, it's like on my list, I just, I had a, uh, this person that we're working, Heidi and I are working with, uh, recommend the three therapists. 
Oh, nice. So I have to call and like vibe them. Dude, you, it, it, they need to vibe correctly to be. There honest. has to be no. Exactly, there sure needs to be a to connection. Be no, for sure. Yeah, so I'm gonna vibe them out. If you and Heidi ever want to talk to me and Emily about stuff, we'll have a couple's therapy session. <laughs> I allow it. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go to Ojai and we'll park our RV. Yes. And we'll stay in your backyard. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I feel like it's so cool. Uh -huh. Years and years and years of being friends. And I'm learning so much about you that I didn't know. Look at that. It only took a podcast and a bunch of people <laughs> with cameras. Exactly. You're also <laughs> oh in different, my dear different places in your life also now. Go yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so yeah. maybe this is, yeah, you, maybe you couldn't have done it back then, what you're talking about now, because no. you're in different places in your life. You Definitely. Know? Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Liz, I'm, what do you, I, I'm just curious, what's coming <laughs> up for you hearing us talk about this stuff? Uh, what's coming up for me? I mean, I, there's a lot of things I want to talk about with you yeah. uh, that don't have to do with this. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I can pivot. Like, I, uh -huh. you know, your your career has been so, so incredible. And you've been, you. you've literally broken a, a glass ceiling when it comes to representation. Okay. Um, and yeah, Latinos make up 18% of the population, but only 5.3% of roles, yeah. right, in broadcast television. So, and how did that feel, first of all, to be uh, able to be the first, you were the first Latino, you know, main character on CBS, right? After Desi Arnaz. Yeah, yeah. which is incredible after years. Um, yeah. Wow. But then it also got canceled. <sighs> yeah, right? it got canceled. And there's all this pressure yeah. of, of, of representation when you're the first. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't put that pressure on my shoulders. Mm. Mm. It, you, you can't. Yeah. You, you mm. cannot be, you just, you just can't. You just do, you just do, uh, you, uh, I think that if you are honest and you approach your your career with love and with respect to you and your family and your people and your culture and your demographics or however you want to call it, eventually it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good decision. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you cannot, you know, it's like, oh, you, all of a sudden I, I got this uh, sitcom CBS, I was producing, I was a lead, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, a second lead for CBS after 60 something years. The first one was this year, nice. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot to do. There was mm. a long way to keep going. And it was but, so uh, good. You were so good in it, brother. <laughs> Thank you, man. Mm. But it was like, and then all of a sudden, uh, I started to get these calls mm. about you should be the Dolores. I'm like, no, 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 no. Thank you. I no, no mm. almost <laughs> too much. I'm good. Yes, I'm good. Thank you. I don't, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to deliberately put that flag. Right. On my, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Mm. It almost feels like because you were, you could be even more famous, successful than you are now. It's almost like you were a little afraid of that because that's even more pressure to like take all those roles and all the studios calling you after this and mm. to make you this like, I mean, I think you're an icon. You know? Yes. <laughs> to make you an even bigger icon. Thank you. I feel like there's probably fear there because that's a. That's no, I'm, a no, I'm good. They can call. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, I hope everybody knows. I can handle I it. Come in is available. You can call. <laughs> you can call. Uh, mm. Real quick question about grief. Yeah. How has it been for you? Um, and it might be different. Maybe you and I will talk tomorrow, but it might be yeah. different after this conversation. But how has grief been for you in terms of the loss of your father? Because I know that mm. um, I don't feel like as men we're really allowed to grieve. Yeah. I feel like we are, we oftentimes something happens or we lose somebody mm -hmm. and we then cry or we feel sad and then we just get lost in our work or our phones yeah. or something else. Distractions, 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 distractions and and grief is tricky, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because we don't, I don't know if we really allow ourselves I think grief, you, whenever you feel like crying or, or letting things out, just go for it. I don't, that's it. Because I was, when it happened, it was so surprising to all of us uh, then the doctor told us that he was, that he had like a, a a series of medical catastrophes going on for many months that he never uh, disclosed to anyone. Wow, we know. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the man thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, especially him yeah. from the north, Torreon, Coahuila, Macho. No, it's even it's it's like a, a hundred times worse than any mm. north, right? So it was like that. But yes, I went to Mexico. I stayed there. Um, I cried a bunch in my hotel room uh, alone mm. in private because that's how I like to grieve. People were, my mom called me, people are very people are very uh, concerned about you. And I'm like, why mom, what's, what's going on? They don't see you cry? 
you are in this with your you you gave a mask to your dad and you don't cry and i'm like i will fucking cry whenever i want to cry mm. i'm not i'm not I don't put an act to people like, oh, look at Jaime. No, no, no. I know exactly when I want to cry, I'll cry. Don't worry. If it's in front of them, great. If it's in my hotel room, so be it. It's whatever it is I feel I'm going to do That's very it. evolved, Jaime, because yes. um, that's, that's amazing. And I wrote him a letter. I remember the, the third day I, I, had, uh, I had to say, so I just wrote him a letter and I posted on social media the letter and it went super viral, thank God. But it was basically what I thought about my dad, what happened, who he was and his legacy and boom, and that's it. And that letter helped me a lot. I, I, you yeah, also, you I also like it. to write a lot. So we, yeah. you also like to write a lot. So we, we write, that helps, writing yeah. helps. It's really, really healthy to write feelings or to write yeah. challenges or to write things that we can't process at that moment. Do you do that a lot with other things? A lot, with, with things? everything, with everything. Um, uh, I write, I just write, I write. Or I, I let's say I wanna, uh, the other day I arrived, uh, I was, arriving to LAX and I was walking to the car and this guy, very aggressive Latino guy was driving an SUV and was picking up the family and threw the car at me. I had to actually like walk a little faster not to get run over. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he came out ready mm. to kill. Wow. Ah, the fuck? And of course I stand my ground, I'm Mexican. This doesn't scare me. I see this every single day in Mexico. <laughs> I'm 6'2", he's 4'5". I'm like, <laughs> like what is, I'm looking, I'm looking at him like, what the, What are you gonna do? Like, what is this? Yeah, 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 you know, the classic Napoleon kind of thing. Like, ah, and I'm like, dude, dude, you almost ran me over. Like, like apologize. Like, be a good human and fucking apologize, no? No, no, it's he was, I'm like, he, and, and then the other guy, another four foot, maybe seven guy, next, come next to me. And, well, I wasn't like this. I was actually like this. <laughs> And had like a little, like, like you know, the classic tear tattoo. I believe that means like they killed someone or whatever. The tear tattoo and, and looking at me, but saying nothing, just looking at me. I'm like, the fuck? What? <laughs> like, am I supposed to like run now? I don't, I really don't understand what you guys are doing right now. You almost ran me over. You look at me, you're not saying anything, but, and you like, you are not only not, not very good looking, but kind of awkward looking, like what the fuck? I didn't know what was going on and I got really I got really mad. So I really wanted to write a, a tweet like, these motherfuckers that I saw at LAX, what the hell is wrong with them? Why are they so aggressive? They almost ran me over, they should have apologized. So I read, I, I wrote a hate tweet. And then the next day I was fine. Did you tweet it or did no, you leave it in your no, draft? No, you never Got tweet it, ever, ever. You just read it. Draft. You, I would yeah. love to see your draft folder. I want to see your draft. Based on that story. I thought this was going oh. to a place where he was so just good. staring at you and then he said, Rogelio from Jane the Virgin. No, I was, I was mask and cap and everything. I was about to go like, do you know who I am? But, uh, but I, I decided, I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm like, dude, you guys, you're, you just went away and then my my driver my driver who's like a brazilian like seven foot well like yeah, yeah, yeah. no no easy that's fine and my judge just went to the car i'm like that's fine man please i hope you have a stand-up special yeah. in the works that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got some good ones i know oh i know we're getting close to ending here on time but i just <laughs> i want to say something you are an amazing father oh thank you man and you are so not your father yeah and one of the things i know from experience i remember you know we'd be on set and after a while you're like oh god i just want to be home i love my job i'm so grateful for my job but like god my kids are growing up and we both had kids during the show yeah and we both missed a lot of time with Maya's the same age as elena a little bit a little younger maya right? maya six a bit, yeah, a bit. yeah so remember i surprised everybody with that pregnancy announcement in season one <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes, yes yes so maya six and then maxwell came uh season three i think i love it but um but one of the things i always loved about you is how much you loved bath time Oh yeah, and putting the kids down. It was like, oh, I got to get home. I got to get home. I want to. I want. I, I want to be there for bath time. Yeah, and that was really, really sweet and also helpful for me as a new father to see kind of how you interacted with your kids. So I just was curious, how is how is fatherhood going, and what are you it's learning? Lovely right now? man, I love it. It's incredible. What are some of the challenges? What are you learning? What do you love? It's every, It's just everything is beautiful. The challenges are beautiful. The the nice moments are beautiful. Everything's amazing. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. uh, teaching them how to, seeing how their mind gets blown when you try to teach them about consequences. <laughs> it's incredible, <laughs> right? It's like, no, amor, es que there's like, right now, Jaime is in love with Godzilla. So, okay, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get you a Godzilla, but you're not gonna get it. You need to understand the value of things and you need to earn things. Mm -hmm. So if you behave perfectly well three days, you get your Godzilla. Wonderful, amazing, okay, second day, okay. 
After that conversation, 15 times asking about the Godzilla in three minutes. <laughs> so what is three days, daddy? So it's tomorrow? So you mean tomorrow morning? No, you mean tomorrow afternoon? So, okay, let me explain, daddy. So uh, let me understand. So this is tomorrow after lunch? And I'm like, no, it's, it's not tomorrow. It's between two days after dinner. Okay, so I have to have dinner three times then. So, you know, like, just, yeah. just you know. Time is hard for them. Yeah, yeah, it's just laying out his playbook. He's like, okay, what the, what am I, what do I have to do? Like, okay, I can do this. I cannot, not because I like to throw a tantrum here. So I don't know, like really like looking at his options. Right? What the things that like, I I could see he was like, he was like the, the, the Tom Cruise in the, in the movie where he's moving. Minority the, report. Minority report, yeah, yeah. totally. And of course, sure enough, because I know he's going to throw a tantrum. So he does it. I'm like, my love. So we come down. I'm like, come on, come on. My love, what's happening? We talked about this. This is the second day. I'm, we're I'm, we're going to have to start over. The counting will have to start over. <laughs> and you can see his fucking frustration. <laughs> it's so frustrated. And you can see the eyes watering. And that's when you are like, not, ah, I don't go now. Here's your Godzilla. No, 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 no. <laughs> because they need to understand. Otherwise, I'm That's a terrible right. dad, right? So I just hug him. I try to control him because, of course, when you see him so vulnerable, yes. you want to, you you want to faint, wanna, exactly. Yes. Like, here you have 150 Godzilla's burning <laughs> if you want. <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, so you hug him. I'm like, my love, chill out, control. You want some, you want some time, whatever. So we're, we're, we're navigating that process. Oh. <laughs> but that is beautiful and everything is, and seeing them mm. uh, happy and camping with them and traveling with them. Everything's amazing. I love it. I love everything about wow. it. You're mm. such a good dad. <laughs> Thank you, man. I just love how much you love your kids. Thank you. I do. Um, mm, that's great. Should we go? Fire, <coughs> rapid, we go? Fire. rapid fire. You want to do yeah. some rapid fire Yes, questions? I don't know what that is, but yes. You'll know. Welcome to this week's Man Enough podcast, Rapid Fire Questions. When is the last time that you apologized? Mm, yesterday. I don't know. Yesterday. For what? Uh, I don't remember. For, uh, I think I grabbed my phone. On the on the time that we're supposed to connect with my wife, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I promise, I'm just gonna be like. It was a really important thing, by the way. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Boop, boop. And I let the phone away for two hours. Got it. Yeah. Oh, because we have we have also concessions. It's yeah. like it's something like if I'm closing a deal, right. and yeah. I have to close a deal in with, with between nine or nine thirty a.m. We we let the I people know, we let the person know, I, and then we, I just love that both. You as daddy and son are both learning about consequences <laughs> in time. That's <laughs> God bless your wife. <laughs> wait, God. wait. By eleven, by eleven, by teaching to, my by, son, I'm by teaching nine to myself. 11, does that yeah. mean? Does that mean after lunch? After exactly. Lunch, before. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question that just popped into my head. Sorry, it's off script. Please go. Yeah. When's the last time you were selflessly of service to another person? Besides your wife and your children, those that you know you're supposed to just some, some all about uh, about two weeks ago that uh, I was dropping my kids in school and this this poor Latino kid had like a truck that was like uh, ran over ran out of gas so he was there so so I took my kids up and then I came down and the poor guy was there and no one was helping him and I'm like dude a ver qué pasó mano what happened no mm. me quedé sin gasolina no gas okay well okay so I'm stopping the traffic and I'm okay just just back up a little bit you have to be even for the gas tank to you know feel because he had a gas tank it, this happens a lot to this person because he had like a <laughs> gas little thing inside of the van I'm like okay just put gas okay turn on now go now follow me because this this hill goes to the school so you're gonna run out of gas again but if you're not dropping kids off you have to go to the middle of the lane but I'll I'll run in front of you and I will like move the car just run, just drive behind me. Just don't run me over like this stupid motherfucker from LAX. Just come with me and we'll run. So I ran up the hill and he was behind me and I helped him. Good. Yes. Hi, Camille. Everybody. Yes. Good job. Yes. Um, Good job. <laughs> when was the last time you cried? Um, uh, oof, oof. I'm doing this a beautiful, beautiful biopic uh, in Mexico for Caracol, Netflix. Uh, I'm going to portray Vicente Fernandez who's like a god in Mexico and reading his, reading the script, mm. understanding the challenges he went through and understanding. And I connected a lot. I connected a lot with my father as well in some situations wow. of the script. Mm. And I'm a good friend of his son, of Alejandro Fernandez. So by knowing the story of the dad, I understood so much more about Alejandro. Yes. And 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 I don't know, just some, some parts of, of me, many parts of the script just 
I it might be very healing for you to do yes. this movie. Yes. In some ways, you kind of get to play your father sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You have a time machine. I have a time machine. You have a time machine, and you could, you get to go back to little Jaime, Oosh. who was running up the stairs. Puta madre. When right. he gets up the stairs after he misses the VHS that was thrown at him by your dad, yes. what do you say to little Jaime? What do you want? Well, to tell good him? for you. You're alive, little Jaime. Good for you. You made it. <laughs> first, first thing. First like, thing. Good. But what do you want to uh, tell him for his life? I think everybody will say the same. Like, dude, everything will be all right. Like, everything will be all right. Uh, all these challenges, you eventually will learn to to face them, deal with them, talk about them, uh, process them. And eventually everything will be all right. Hmm. I think that, right? Is that yeah, no, of course. And now you get to go, you get to <clears throat> and take this time machine and you have passed away. Oh shit. You're watching your funeral. Hmm. What do you hope is said about you? Oof. I, oof, that's a good one. I really hope that every everybody that remembers me will go like, dude, that guy either made me laugh hmm. Or he was a decent human. Like you can say whatever you want about him. You can say whatever you want about him. But he was, his moral and ethical compass was so well calibrated. Mm. So well calibrated. Like, like you, he, you might like him, you might not like him, but he was honest. He was sincere. You, you get what mm. you see. Like, yeah. And I, I, you know, he helped people when he can. He made us laugh. Mm. What I love about your yeah. your response is not <clears throat> you didn't mention any of the accolades, any of your acting career, oh, who cares? your money, or all that stuff. And what I'll tell you just real quick as we wrap up. So, um, honestly, I love Justin, friend for a long time, family. Yeah, um, you were my favorite on Jane the Virgin, <laughs> not Justin. Um, <laughs> oh my God, he's not answer. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. No, but but no, no, no. It's okay because I was his wife's favorite. He was. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right. Indeed. <laughs> um, but what's interesting, as much as I loved you uh, on the show and, and all what you've done, I, I didn't really care about you. You know, what I mean, I didn't know anything more about you than otherwise, other than what you just put out there. Yeah. Um, but when you do things like this and you talk about your humanity and who you are, <laughs> you talked about your father and that others, I imagine, who are fans of yours, I think that you've, I'm sure you've impacted many lives in your work and what you've done. But I think that you really change lives of people who love you and care about you when they hear you be vulnerable and mm. talk about your humanity. So yeah. I appreciate you doing oh, that. And you, I'm man. sure you're doing that in other platforms as well. So thanks no, no, for really. doing it with us. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, do more of it yeah. because that's that's really what changes hearts. Um, yeah. you know, and inspires people. So thanks Thank for you, doing man. it with us, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Um the safety for my kids. Oh yeah, what it right? Oof, <laughs> that heat home, right? Yes. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I feel like I gotta shake that out. Yes, you have uh, to. Right, I think we have, an we have an audience. We question. do. Four we kids. have an audience question. Oh, uh, this one comes from Mary Kate Becker. When's the last time that you leaned into a role of nurturing? Oh, I'm nur I'm nurturing every single day for my family, and my yeah. kids. I try to. Yeah, yeah. That's. Mm. Uh, yeah. Final question. What does it mean for you to be man enough? To be man enough, it's so many things. It's so many things. It's to be vulnerable, to understand that masculinity is not as we as they taught us mm -hmm. it is. Escape, uh, escape. It's all. It's all. In, it's all in your book. Honestly, everything's in your book. Um, but yeah, just be vulnerable. Uh, understand the the role that society or you know, history has taught men that are they're supposed a way they're supposed to be is not it's not accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's actually very incorrect. <laughs> it's actually very very mm -hmm. incorrect. So um, yeah, to 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 be in touch with your feelings, to understand uh, it's okay to feel. It's 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 so many things. It's so difficult. That's a very difficult question. I think you. I think you oh, said. Oh shit! It. It's about. Oh, <laughs> oh God! This is what this is about. Oh, this is what it was about. Oh, this, this is the question that I. This is the one that I have to answer accurately. But no, you, but no, you, you answered it perfectly. Yeah. You did. Cool. Oh well, Jaime, cool. brother. Awesome, man. I love you. Me too. Man. As a brother Thanks. and as a friend, and you, you are absolutely man enough. I love Do you, brother. Es todo. Thank you. You know what tocayo means? Tocayo. Tocayo. We have the same name. So oh, yeah? if, if my name was Justin, we would be Tokayos. Oh, bueno. Oh, like so name brothers. Exactly. Name Tocayos. brothers. Tokayos. Um, 
Gracias, Tocayo. Gracias, Justin. Gracias, Liz. Thank, Thank you for having you. me. Thank you so much for being here. So Please come back and hang out with us, and uh, we will be right back. This is like this... therapy. I'm going to be here every single hey, day. Man. <laughs> Please cancel the next guests, whoever. This is Man Enough. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Man Enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so sweet. No, he's so great. He's so. I'm wonderful. like, if, if that's how he is before therapy, like how? I know. Just Look out, world. So precious. Tell me, Justin. So precious. Because you had said um, a few times, like your whole experience together, you said yeah. on here, but also that your relationship was not as deep as. No, I mean, it was I just, wonderful. I but just it, feel did, like I made a new friend. Yeah. What happened? What do you think was different? <sighs> You know, Jaime and I have spent time together one on one, but it was always in it was always going somewhere or doing something or on set and you're just prepping for lines or you're being goofy and and sometimes when you're on set and things are crazy, you don't want to go really deep mm -hmm. because there's just so much around you and there's chaos and um we just we just never went that deep. And uh I, I feel like I made a new friend. So now you could, you've said this before with other people, before you wouldn't have necessarily called him about like, let's say you're going through something with your children or your wife yeah. or a friend, you wouldn't have called him to like, hey man, I wanna talk something out, but now you might. Now I would, I would actually invite Jaime into a men's group, one right. of our men's groups or something, because I know, I know he can go there. Right. And sometimes with us men, we don't have experiences where we test the waters. And you know, there, I think there was times there was times on uh, on the show where I might say something, or you know, and but it was never really mm. it was never really met with the Jaime that was here today. But it's because again, it's crazy on a set. I mean, you, we know how it is here. Yeah, right. we've designed this set to go deep, but most sets are not like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I just feel I'm just so grateful that he was also brave enough mm. to go there. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a fun like let's just have fun and laugh and. We'll go deep a little bit and we'll mm -hmm. come back out. But he he really blew my mind with how vulnerable and how open he was. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so damn proud of him. It's just what was, a friend. What was your favorite part about, or one of your moments that you loved about it, Liz? I loved um, his story about LAX. Like, I, I loved, like, the rant. Like, yeah, I, I obviously appreciate the depth of what he went into, but I also appreciate his ability to, to talk about like, because he doesn't even, right? Like, he even was like misogyny, right? Like, he described misogyny perfectly and better than I think many uh, yeah. uh, of us and our guests, but like the term, but doesn't even really know what the term means, but he knows what it means. And so even mm. his description of like that interaction with those men where they're just kind of like staring at each other and like no one's talking. And <laughs> and I just love that. I thought it was such a, like a funny, I was like more, more of that, right? Of talking about masculinity in those yes. ways without like having mm. to make it, you know, all about trauma and like her. And, but that's one of the great things about, um, someone like Jaime is what he just did is he made masculinity and the topic even of trauma approachable and funny. Mm -hmm. And like f comedy is so important for us men. If there's comedy, we're so much more likely to go deep. We're mm -hmm. so much more likely to broach these difficult subjects. That's why, you know, look, if you look at comedians and stand up comedians, they're just a bunch of people talking about their trauma mm -hmm. and yeah. we have permission to laugh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Men love going to comedies. And so what he just did was he went deep and then he was funny. And he went deep and then he was funny. And I just think that's so Yeah. It's so I'm so, I can't wait to for people to hear this episode. Mm, me too. I loved hearing about just his culture and how he felt about it. You know, I had mentioned that so many men in my life growing up that I witnessed were Mexican men. And my uncle, one of my uncles, is Mexican married to my aunt, my blood aunt. And I grew up with him and he was out of I don't want to say better than all the other uncles. They were wonderful. But he had something really special. And what he demonstrated every day, for instance, as long as I can remember, he would get up early. He'd make coffee. He'd take the coffee cup up to my aunt. And every morning of their marriage, mm. she'd wake up to the cup of coffee like right there. Mm. This is what he did every morning or does still every mm -hmm. morning. We've been married almost 50 years. Um and that was just one of the things that he demonstrated every day of how he could just do something sweet for his wife. And um, and I knew that, like, oh, this is a man. And what's something about him? Oh, he's this and this. And he's Mexican. And um, so I just have really, really sweet, sweet memories. And the other thing I think that's important to just say is for especially any men listening to this, just because 
maybe a culture is known to have misogyny, like, like you know, in the Latino culture of like machismo. It doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. It doesn't mean that these men are bad men, right? Mm. That's what this idea of toxic masculinity for so many men, they feel like, wait, oh, so I'm just toxic now? I'm just bad. And no, the answer is no. You're raised in a culture, you're raised in a system that encourages these qualities and tells you to dismiss these other ones. And what I love about your uh, memory of your uncle is it's like, yeah, he was raised, you know, he's a Mexican man, but look how amazing he is. Mm. Look at his giving, look at his loving, look at his sensitivity. And we can be all of these things. We just have to allow ourselves. Yeah. And also just pointing out that um, one group of men don't have it worse than another group. I I, I really resist this whole thing. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, one group of there's different intersections, right? But yes. but there's not one culture that's worse. That's and also I'm, we don't throw out white culture because there's misogyny that's, in it, right? Like we don't really do it. I mean. There's the no such way. thing as white culture. Exactly. We just that's just culture. Right. Because that's it, exactly that's right. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's it's easy to say that it's yeah. just just always easy to say that Mexican men are this and black men mm. are this and Israeli men are this and all of this stuff and. And that's just, I feel a myth. I think like men all over yeah. are equally misogynistic or, or, mm -hmm. um, or an equally, you know, sexist and equally buried with stuff. Yeah. Um, it just manifests differently. That's how the, it's just the patriarchy sure. manifests yeah. differently We're in every culture. In culture. Yeah. Yeah. If you like what you're hearing, Liz, where can you find us? Manenough.com slash podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on iTunes, mm -hmm. right? That's y a thing. Yes, it is. On Apple your Podcasts, announcer. on I love Spotify. that you just go into your announcer voice. Uh, my announcer voice, yes. Uh, I am a voice actor. I'm not. I actually was told I should be. You should be. Um, Liz is just, available. I just like Jaime is available. Yeah. Liz is available. Uh, yes. YouTube. I you am. can find us on YouTube. Yes. YouTube is the best because um, you can see all our faces. <laughs> and. Uh, and especially Liz in her bright pink sweatshirt. Yes, wear a lot of colors. I want to get, really, I'm going to get your stylist number. I wore pink because uh, you had pink on it's it. Pr it's pressure. Then. You're wearing salmon, that's, I believe. Yeah, oh, that's shit. salmon. It's salmon? That's what um, men call pink. <laughs> Those are pink shirts. <laughs> I, well, this was the closest I had to pink. It's and I wore kind of it despite yeah. feeling insecure about my body today. Oh my gosh. I will say that. Because there we go. So I pushed through. All right, guys. All right. Uh, until next time, I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. And this is Man Enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13, an Odyssey company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Malhotra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Kerry Rathode from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kahea Kiwaha is our producer, Brandy Cole is head of marketing, Susie Landers O'Connell is our assistant editor, and Josh Schneider is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.